Hi, I'm Julie. And I'm Lisa. And welcome to Two Sober Chicks. And today we have a very special guest, a good friend of both Julie's and myself. Her name is Karen. Karen, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Karen just celebrated 31 years about a week ago. Yay! Yay! Um, And that is all done one day at a time, right Karen? Absolutely. Karen, what would you tell your day one self? After thirty, yeah. after the last thirty-one years that you've had. Oh, thanks for prepping me, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, just hang on. Mm. You know, just hang on. Keep going. Keep doing. Keep whatever. Just hang on. It will get better. I mean, I knew that back then, but I didn't believe it. And I think just having somebody say that to you, you know, because I don't think anybody did. I just hung on because I didn't have anything else to do, and I didn't know what else to do. Even when people told me it was going to get better, I, I didn't believe them that it was going to get better. Sorry, I did believe it was going to get better, but it was just hanging on. People didn't tell me. Okay. <laughs> I think I was just in shock. Like, none of that stuff occurred to me. It was just like, I, I, I was just existing in the moment in complete shock. All right. That's good advice. Just hang on. Anything else? I'm asking you, Karen. <laughs> Karen's like nobody told me it was gonna go down like yes, that. Yes, there was supposed to be a script. Um, you know, I, I guess the the biggest thing for for me that really helped in those those uh, first six months was fake it till you make it. You know, um, I you know my sponsors they didn't care back then. They didn't you know Clancy. You listen to Clancy nowadays. He sounds so mean. Back then he was everybody's voice. You know, like they didn't care how you felt. They wanted to save your life and it's just you know just fake it till you make it you don't feel like it so what go anyway you know you don't uh, feel like going to a meeting so what how far would you go for a drink go to a meeting yeah so um you know i ended up doing a lot of things faking it till i made it um yeah so i really believe show up that's what i love about you karen you're always like you tell it like it is all the time you're very long timer e that way. Like today we're all like flowery and about feelings and blah, blah, blah. And you'll ask Karen and she'll just cut straight to the chase. She's like, you know what? Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay. That's ego. Yeah. <laughs> or like my sponsor, Luke. Uh, those are your thoughts and feelings. Just put those on the shelf right now because we're not going to deal with those. Yeah. I like it when, when you say about the, uh, you know, whose story made that up? Who, who, who made up that story? That's what your sponsor says to you? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> what's uh, another great line is, um, what's the source of that information, Lisa? And I was like, what? And he's like, where's the information coming from in this dialogue that you're telling yourself? Oh, right. My brain. My imagination. Like when I when I came to him one time and I said, my ex, everything, you know, why does she get to have a great life? And everything's so perfect in her life. And she's happy and she's in love and she's moved on. He's like, what's the source of that information? Did she tell you that? No, we don't talk Ooh, right good. now. Mm. <laughs> well, she just looks happy. Well, there's lots of people who look happy and fucking aren't. So <laughs> we're dealing with facts here. What are the facts? So he would often check me on my uh, my fantasy tape that was playing in my head all the time. Well, so. and that's what they say. AA is about perception, attitude, right? So that's my sponsor will say causes and conditions. That's the whole point of the program. What are the causes and conditions? Meaning, what's underneath that? Why am I behaving that way? Why is my thoughts like that? Why do I drink? What are the causes and conditions? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had to do that just recently. Um, and then my, I, I get to the root of the problem. And I don't like the answer, but it's true. And the answer was, because somebody isn't behaving the way I want them to. 
That's why I'm miserable. That's why I'm angry. Absolutely. I just want it my way yeah. and the way that I want it. Yeah. At the time that I want it, thank you very kindly. And I want the world and my feet to do so. <laughs> I just had some reckoning that I had to do with myself. My family, there's several members of my family that have accused me of being self-righteous. <laughs> and I've, I've heard of them saying it about me, but they don't say it to my face. And I went into therapy and I started asking my therapist about it because I'm like, is it like, are they crazy? Is it me? And we started to look at why would somebody say that you're self-righteous? Is it possibly because you offer advice and solutions when no one asks for it? And I was like, oh God, um. yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. Yeah. <laughs> like knowing when to offer advice and direction and solutions when people ask for it. Not like, oh, my day's going like this. And then I just like wisdom pours out of me. <laughs> Which is why we do a fucking podcast. We have to channel this shit somewhere. <laughs> well, my family doesn't want to hear it. So you're all out there not asking, but we're giving it. <laughs> they are asking if they clicked oh, on it. Yes, yes. If they clicked on it. Yes. <laughs> if they clicked on it, they're here because they want to be here. And if they don't want to be here, they can shut it fucking off. That's what we always say, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm the same way, Julie. I <laughs> I have to rein myself in all the time. Karen said in the last podcast that we did something about someone coming up to you after a meeting and offering advice. I've done that. <laughs> I think, you know, oh, this person is struggling and, and I've been where they are. Maybe I can help them. But at the end of the day, they didn't ask for my advice. So that's a, that's a hard one for me to remember. Ah, oh, we have some questions from the email bag. Our email dear bag. friend Angelica. Hi, Angelica from Hi, Angelica. California. She has emailed us a question and she asked, have you ever relapsed in emotional sobriety? Karen, you're going to be first on all of these questions today. If you, if you want, if you want some time to think about it. Well, yeah, I'm just trying emotional sobriety. I mean, what is that? <laughs> um, well, let's start there. What yep. does emotional okay. What does emotional sobriety mean to you? Um, well, when she says it, I think about craziness and crazy times, up and down emotional state, that type of stuff. And you know, it doesn't mean that I don't go there now. Um, you know, that is nice to hear it, uh, that somebody with thirty one years of sobriety. Shh, that's a secret. <laughs> She's only forty one. <laughs> Fuck, she must have had a hard first five years. (laughs) Yeah, so that somebody with such long-term continuous sobriety can admit that, yes, I have uh, sometimes where my emotional sobriety is not where I'd like it to be. So can you go further into that? Um, You you know, uh, sobriety is... What I've learned, oh my God, I feel so old. But what, <laughs> but what I've learned is, is, is that, you know, what AA teaches me is to accept life on life's terms. Yes. But I have to go through a process to get there. And it's that process of emotional sobriety. Um, I mean, I remember, I remember being in the rooms and, and when going through the perimenopause time, and I honestly thought I could blow somebody up, and I really wanted to, actually. And, you know, I was so bad with a couple of, of sponsees, and, you know, it didn't, I couldn't contain myself. And, and, you know, I said something to one of them and I immediately felt bad and made the amends. That's where the, the program worked for mm. me in that I saw it immediately, knew I needed to shut it down and what I needed to do to correct it. Instead of me having to go to five people and ask for their input until I got the answer I wanted um, <laughs> and then go and then go to them. 
So, um, but that's, you know, I think we all have to recognize that emotional responses are appropriate to situations. Somebody dies, you need to grieve. Somebody gets hurt, you need to be sad. If somebody uh, has something good, you can celebrate. But it's, you know, what we do and how far we go with it that makes the difference, that puts us off base. I mean, there were all reasons I drank before and probably why we all drink, good, bad, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I love that emotional emotional sobriety. If, yeah, let's say a breakup, a relationship ends, obviously you're going to be sad. You won't come to that point uh, until much later where you go, oh, hey, maybe that was a good thing. Maybe that happened for a reason, and I'm okay with that now. Um, I, I can remember um, coming to the program three times. So the first time uh, I came and I said it was my, because I had um, emotionally, I wasn't at the, where I needed to be. So I had an emotional relapse when I, when I went back out. It was because things didn't turn out the way I wanted them to. And then the second time I struggled in the program, um, it was, it was physical. So, um, I came back to the program because I was, you know, realizing that my, um, when I'd gone back out, it was much physically worse than it had been the first time. Mm -hmm. And then the last time, um, what changed for me was that spiritual growth, that things were starting to actually get way better than they'd ever been before because I had that spiritual uh, connection. A connection and an understanding that I wasn't in control of how things were going to play out. I was only in control of my actions. Um, and for me, that's a good gauge of my emotional sobriety. I still fuck up. I still make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference today from now to then uh, is simply that I can catch myself. Like Karen says, sometimes it's in the moment. Sometimes it's a day later. Sometimes it's after talking mm-hmm. to a few people. And this is also why I surround myself with people who I know love me enough to tell me the truth. Because the truth isn't always easy to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to do me any good if people are soft and easy on me all the time. Now, sure, you can still say, wow, that, yeah, that sounds like that was really hard, Lisa. But then I want that to be followed. But pull your head out of your ass because... <laughs> yeah, and surrounding yourself with people who have good emotional sobriety. Yes. And also, like, any relapse... By the time you're actually in it, it's been coming for a long time. So that's why we have to have this spiritual maintenance program. And you can be sad, but are you devastated? You can be angry, but are you enraged? Like there's a whole range of emotions. And by the time I'm falling apart, it's because I haven't noticed the little tiny red flags that have been poking at me and I haven't been addressing something. Like anxiety, I used to have a lot of anxiety attacks. I don't have them anymore because I can tell when I'm getting to that level of like, oh, I'm, I can't breathe right now, or I don't want to leave my my condo right now, and I, I dress the root immediately because by the time I'm in an anxiety attack, like I, I've already lost, mm-hmm. it's done. I used to also have like a lot of anxiety as well, Julie. And what I found hap- helped with that was is uh, it was by just doing it anyway not letting it stop and so that built history with me it's kind of well I survived that time and I could do it again and you build history on it uh, and so then as I opposed to histrionics yes anyway, um so anyway you put me now I can't remember where I was going with sorry that. I have a job Lisa I know. <laughs> such an interrupter no you were talking about history 
Yeah, so so just by the you know for today's 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 um, standards, you know people will use the words I don't feel safe or I feel anxious, and somehow you know we're supposed to let you stay in that, mm. you know, or we allow ourselves to stay in it, you know, and it's like you know what? No, how do you get beyond it if you don't push yourself out of it? It's not for me or anybody else to change and do something to help you feel safe. You have to push yourself into the unsafety in order to know that you're going to survive. Oh my God, so good. And have it for the next time when it happens again, you can say, well, I survived the last time. And then eventually one day you start believing yourself. And then that means because you can believe in yourself, you can believe in yourself. And that's how then you build the trust for yourself. And then your joy is happy and free. You preach it, Karen. <laughs> that's what I preach. That was some good shit. Um, that reminded me of when, when people do that, when it's their go-to to say, oh, I'm not feeling safe, or they didn't make me feel safe, or, you know, I just want you to validate me. You didn't <laughs> validate me. <laughs> validate just me. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I do the raspberry a lot. You know, validate me, yes. Uh, just, just, just tell me that I'm okay and that I'm right in everything that I'm doing, even though it might be wrong and I'm hurting everybody, including myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I witnessed right. <laughs> a really cool thing um, a while back. Two friends of mine who are in a relationship, and one of the friends kept saying, "Don't shame me, don't shame me," and the other one went, "I'm not shaming you. I'm just commenting, or I'm not shaming you. I'm just expressing how I feel." And there was no anger in the person who was like, "I'm not doing that," but it was a way of shutting it down in a respectful way and pointing out the difference. Yes. So maybe perhaps there's a difference between I don't feel safe and I'm a little uncomfortable right now mm -hmm. yeah you know what it, and if you're and I get it we all have um, history we all have traumatic events from our past uh, and it's great that a lot of people are dealing with these traumatic events and they're in therapy and they're learning this new language and uh, they're getting rid of their shame and their guilt but sometimes I find we lean on these things too much instead of moving forward instead of progressing one of the greatest gifts that my sponsor gave me with the fourth and the fifth steps um, was acknowledging that when I looked at something like sexual abuse, uh, I was like, you know, I've spent time on this and I, what's my part? I can't find my part. This wasn't, I had nothing to do with this. This wasn't my fault. Mm. And his answer was, you're absolutely right. It's, it wasn't your fault what happened to you. Your part is today. How are you letting the events of the past, as horrific as they were, affect your life today? Victim. Yes. Are you choosing to, to remain a victim? victim? Once you pull yourself out of being a victim, your language changes. It just automatically does. And sometimes you need to change your language first and then it'll follow. And other times, like Karen said, you just got to pull yourself out and then the language will start. And when people come to me and say, well, you know, they behave badly and they did this. I'm like, yep, I agree. They totally did. But what can you do about that? Absolutely nothing. So are you going to let them ruin your day or control your life? and change how you're feeling? Or are you gonna take that control back and say, that's who they are and it's very unfortunate and I feel for them, but it's not about me, that's about them. And then move on, let it go. I know it sounds easier said than done and it's not that easy for me either, it's just work. It just takes practice and so that's what I do. Does that answer the question? Can you go back to the question, read me the question again just to make sure that we've touched on it. Why enough. yes I can, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever relapsed in emotional sobriety so yeah i guess you said yeah right off the top karen you said um that yes you you relapse in emotional sobriety but the difference between let's say 30 years ago and today is that you catch yourself uh much more quickly 
And because of the tools of the program that we have, we catch ourselves, we catch that behavior. Whose phone was that? Sorry. Not mine. Oh, I didn't turn it off. <laughs> I believe uh, that the means you have to thing buy, is wrecked. You have to buy donuts <laughs> the next time you come to visit us. I think that's the rule. And bring coffee. <laughs> Now, now I, my thought is ruined. I have no idea what I was saying. <laughs> uh, and you know what? This is the greatest gift for me about sobriety is that we can sit around. We've had some nice little edibles. We um, shared some nice fruit juice together. Like as in food. Yeah. <laughs> right. I forgot. There's those other kind of edibles that we don't partake in. We won't even remember sober. this podcast later. <laughs> This is Two Sober and Clean Chicks with our special guest, Karen. Thanks a lot for joining us again, and congratulations again on 31 years clean and sober. Thank you. And this has been... Julie? <laughs> you sure? I'm not sure if, I'm, if you want me to tell my name or if we're just like, yeah. sh- you're chopping you've it just, off now. You've been Julie? Or... <laughs> Are you going to be someone okay, else? let's start that again. I'm Julie. <laughs> and I'm Lisa. And this has been... Two Sober Chicks. Thanks for listening, you guys. <laughs>